Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. So I'm curious, Tina, if you've ever found yourself having maybe a bad day and then received a text message that you were not expecting that perhaps shifted things for you in some way. Yes. As you know, connection is my go-to for changing my mood. So absolutely. Sometimes that's even from you, Serena. Mm. (laughs) So there can be something really powerful in that tiny little connection, right? Um, And in fact, uh, our work in supporting parents, texts are often a way we let someone know that we're just thinking of them and that they're not alone. Absolutely. So today we're excited to have a guest with us who developed a tool called Cope Notes that supports this very concept of something as simple as a text message really making a difference for people. Johnny Crowder is a suicide and abuse survivor, TEDx speaker, touring musician, mental health and sobriety advocate, and the founder and CEO of Cope Notes, a text-based mental health platform that provides daily support to users in nearly 100 countries around the world. Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, mamas. <laughs> we love the idea that Cope Notes was developed out of your own experience. We love the lived experience. So... Uh, okay, let me qualify that. We love the lived experience and sometimes those things are not particularly positive, but I love when they turn around and become something positive. Mm. So let's do a little bit um, of, of, you know, share with our listeners a little bit of your story. So I'm trying to figure out a way to do this in like, you know, how do you put 30 years in 30 seconds? <laughs> but I'll, I will say that um, when I was growing up, I was exhibiting symptoms of mental illness um, for basically my entire childhood, but I wasn't really aware of what I was supposed to do about it. And I wasn't really quick to acknowledge that. And I don't think my family was either. Everyone was kind of just looking the other way for a long time. And then by the time I was actually in treatment, um, which took a long time and my mom basically like twisting my arm. (laughs) and like volunteering me to go to treatment for the millionth time. I finally went and um, I was having a lot of trouble adhering to treatment. So that's kind of where part of the idea for Cope Notes came from was, you know, let's say I have, you know, most of my sessions were not great with my Mm. clinicians, but then if I did have a good one, then I would leave that office and I would spend six days and 23 hours out in the elements getting worse So I wanted to create something that could kind of interrupt those negative thoughts on days when I wasn't in treatment, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the goals of our podcast from the beginning has been about normalizing the conversation around mental health, mental health in our 
personal stories we know are not always easy to talk about. Um, And we know that the more that we have these conversations with others, the easier it becomes. So we're wondering if you can talk about your experiences with sharing your own story. I mean, you've you've stood on the TEDx stage and and Mm -hmm. talked about your own story, but, um, but perhaps, you know, sort of those everyday moments, what has it been like for you? Well, at first, you know, when I speak at conferences and stuff, people come up and say like, oh, you know, I wish I could tell everybody about what I'm going through, but it sounds so scary. And I'm like, I didn't start out on a stage. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> this is not where I started sharing what I was going through. It actually, you know, early on, I was very, very secretive about what I was going through. I didn't want to tell my friends that I was in therapy. Mm. I wanted to tell them that I was taking medication. And then I started realizing that if I was talking about what I was going through with someone I didn't know as well, it felt like the stakes were lower. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I was um, sitting on a bus and I told someone next to me, you know, I'm, I'm taking antipsychotic medication, they'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know you. I don't know why you're telling me this. And it felt like such a small deal to them mm-hmm. that it made it easier for me to do kind of transition into peer support groups with people I didn't already know, and then doing public advocacy in front of rooms full of people that I didn't know. That almost felt easier than telling a friend or family member, because if I told a friend or family member, they might look at me differently. But if I told a stranger, they don't know who I am anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. I guess I've never thought of that before and makes total sense. That makes total mm-hmm. sense. So let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about Cope Notes. Um, As we mentioned at the beginning, it's a text-based mental health platform that provides daily support. I love the idea that you needed that, that, um, that little hurdle help, right? During the week, because it is a once a week therapy is a once a week thing. So what do Cope Notes look like and how, how does it work? Maybe one of my favorite things about Cope Notes is that using it requires so little time and effort. Mm -hmm. And especially when I was younger, I, I wasn't the type of teenager that's like, man, I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to do my self-care workbook. And then I'm going (laughs) to meditate and then I'm going to drink a green smoothie. And no, dude, when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to talk about my mental health. I don't want to journal. I don't want to read anything. I wish you would just drop it and leave me alone. I was very, Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't want to handle it. And Cope Notes makes it really, really easy and palatable to take a look at these things that we bury for just a few seconds here and there. So I always tell people what it actually looks like is, you know, you're going about your day and let's say you're sitting at a traffic light and you are so frustrated because the the light turned green, you sat there, you inched forward and the light turned red, but every mm. everything is so jammed up that you're just... You're like, wow, we went through a whole light cycle. I didn't move my car. I'm so frustrated. I'm going to be late. My boss is going to yell at me. And then your phone buzzes and you think, now what? Mm. What the heck does somebody else need from me? And you look at your phone and it's a text from Cope Notes that contains, you know, let's say it's a psychology fact or a journaling prompt or an exercise, some kind, some type of like positive psychology content, just a couple sentences And you know that that text was written by a peer with lived experience, someone just like you, 
not not some snooty doctor wagging their finger (laughs) at you saying like here's what you should be doing it's a real regular peer with lived experience who's saying this is what i wish someone would have said to me Mm. when i was going through it so you read that text message and you just take 20 seconds 15 seconds 30 seconds to read that text reflect for a second and all of a sudden that simple little text has interrupted your negative thought pattern for long enough to rob it of its momentum. Mm. And while that may sound powerful, what's really powerful on the neuroscience side is what happens when you do that over and over and over again, over the course of days and weeks and months and years, your brain actually learns to challenge negative thoughts naturally and catalyze positive thoughts on its own. So this is a brain training tool that reaches out to you. You don't have to remember to use it and you don't have to set aside time for it. That is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, we love the idea of the, that it's peer supported. Obviously Tina and I are all about the, uh, the peer support. We need, we need the professionals too. Absolutely. As oh, yeah. you, mentioned, you know, that once a week you're going and you're checking in with the professional and then we've got, you know, something else um, in yeah. between. And Serena, we talk all the time about our toolboxes, right? Mm-hmm. We have different tools that help us with different things. And therapy is one of those tools perhaps for you. And it sounds like Cope Notes is definitely a tool for your toolbox, because as you said, there is science behind training your brain to be more positive or to, you know, I almost think about it as like, yeah, that one second meditation, right? Like here, I'm in the moment here. I'm listening to something Mm -hmm. positive. Awesome. Right. Yeah, totally. So tell us just a couple of, so give, give us some examples of a couple of these texts. Um, what might they say? I bet you wish I would do that. Oh, darn. You're not going to do it. Oh, <laughs> no, darn. we. Uh, I will, <laughs> but I always tell people before I read anything. So we get this question a lot and that's why at the top of our website, we have like a full week of cope notes texts that people mm-hmm. can scroll through and see what the content uh-huh. is like. But I always warn people um, half of what makes Cope Notes great is the content, like mm-hmm. what the literal words we are texting you. That is very mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. But the other half of what makes Cope Notes effective is the timing, the interruption. So mm-hmm. if I'm reading a text to you and your brain already knows it's coming, it's not being surprised or interrupted. You might think, oh, that's kind of neat. But if it's really interrupting your day, it feels completely different. So let me scroll through and find a text that I've received recently that I think will make sense out of context. <laughs> hmm. And if, if you don't want to give us a specific, you know, that's okay. I mean, you could talk about. Um, no, you know, I, where... I really should. Okay. So here's I'm here's one that I got that I liked quite a bit. And keep in mind, they're designed to feel very casual very informal, easy to understand. Um, and they're not supposed to feel clinical, even though they actually mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the back end is clinical, but the front end is supposed to feel really simple. So this is a text that I got that you probably wouldn't even know has a clinical backing. Mm-hmm. I got a text recently that said, wear whatever you want tomorrow without worrying about pleasing anyone else or looking a certain way. Seeing Mm. your favorite outfit in your reflection in the mirror can work wonders for your self-esteem. And there is science behind that. Looking into a mirror 
and seeing yourself dressed comfortably in items of clothing or colors that make you feel confident um, actually does change your self-reported self-esteem. So there is science behind it, but the text isn't supposed to feel sciencey. It's supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love that. (laughs) And, and, you know, to me, the idea, um, and, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that these are not, you know, texts that you're telling somebody that they have to go do something, but it's more invitational and uh, supportive, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And there, there are people who will use cope notes for weeks or even months before they actually start doing the exercises Mm. or answering the journaling prompts, because it does like everybody has self stigma to an extent. Like I don't walk around, even though I do public advocacy, I don't walk around with a t-shirt on it that says like, I live with bipolar, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's some part of me that it still has some kind of like embarrassment or shame that's like embedded deep down that prevents me sometimes from fully engaging with a resource. So there are people who will sign up for Cope Notes and for the first month, they're like, yeah, it's okay. I don't really pay attention to it. And then like the second or third month, they send us an email and they're like, whoa, mm-hmm. like finally it wore down my self stigma. I'm actually participating and I'm actually seeing the difference because Cope Notes can't do the heavy lifting for you. It -hmm. can prompt your brain to do those things, but it's, it's half and half, right? You need to actually participate to see the fruit. Yeah. Mm. So I I think of um, my teenager at the time and uh, this, that, that makes total sense to me. It makes total sense to me. It's uh, a little bit like, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, um, but you have to offer a kid like, green beans 14 times before they actually eat them. (laughs) I I feel like that's the idea of it, right? We keep, we keep introducing these tools that might be helpful. And Mm -hmm. um, I imagine that cope notes are persistent. So that's good. Yeah. So part of the reason why I wanted to make it um, every day Mm -hmm. was because I was having a conversation actually with a mom that Mm -hmm. I worked with at my day job before I, I pursued cope notes full time. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that you know, she wants to support her kid, a teenager. And um, then she would kind of lose steam. Like she'd say, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to text my teenager um, once a day or something, or I'm going to check in with her once a day. And then after being disrespected or ignored Mm. or having a door slammed on her, she would like not do it the next day. Yeah. Cause she'd be like, well, I feel burned or I forgot, Mm -hmm. or I have a lot going on. And unfortunately, what that reinforces is this idea that support is conditional. Mm. And so there are teenagers growing up thinking like, you know, my mom says that she loves me or supports me. But then if I slam the door, then she doesn't talk to me for a day. And they learn that conditional support structure. And so I wanted to create something that could be far more consistent than a person. Because if it takes 14 introductions of green beans for someone to actually take a bite, a parent will probably lose patience after like four or seven (laughs) or 11 introductions. But if Cope Notes is run by an algorithm, then it can introduce proverbial green beans every single day without Mm -hmm. fail for years Mm -hmm. and maintain a level of consistency that an individual never could, even with the best intentions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell us the details. How, how do people sign up, the cost, things like that? Yeah. When we, 
so signing up is so easy. Um, you can literally go to copenotes.com and you click subscribe and you type in your phone number. So it is like, there's not a lot of <laughs> steps. It's very, very simple. Um, and also for, we do have gift subscriptions. So I actually originally created those for parents mm. um, where you can give a subscription to your child, but you can also give one to your spouse or your coworker or friend, whoever. But as far as pricing goes, when we set out to build this, we said, you know, we took a look at the marketplace and we saw some digital health resources were, um, you know, 150 bucks a month, 270 bucks a month, 340 bucks a month. We even saw some that were $450 a month. Mm. And we we're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like a lot of people don't have that to spare right, right now. Mm-hmm. So, how basically, and I know you're not supposed to really say cheap when you're talking about your own business, but we kind of set out to say like, how cheap can we make this? Mm-hmm. Like how affordable can we make this for individual people? And we found this sweet spot where it's right around actually just under $10 a month where we were like, you know, the likelihood of someone having an extra $9 um, at the end of the month to put towards you know, real tangible change in their mental and emotional health is much higher than someone having a $450 bill laying around at the end of the Mm -hmm. month. So part of our approach was like, how do we make, this was kind of our moonshot was how do we make a full year of daily mental health support cost less than one therapy session? So I remember when I told that, that mom that I'm telling you about the one that I worked with, Mm-hmm. When I told her that um, I was going to make Cope Notes like a hundred bucks for the year or something, she started crying. And I was like, oh no, mm. is that too expensive? <laughs> like, did I totally screw this up? And she, I was like, why are you crying? And she said, um, a discovery session with a therapist for my daughter was $150. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're saying that she can have support for an entire year for less than I just spent on a 45 minute session with someone she didn't even like. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, that like really put it into perspective for me. Yeah. So what about um, something we haven't asked you about? What is the age target for these? Do you, do you have a certain, I mean, who, who's the appropriate audience for your, for your cope notes? We serve lots of adults. I think there's a misconception that we only serve youth. Mm -hmm. Um, we do serve plenty of adults. And as far as youth goes, we recommend middle school and up. Okay. So great. Awesome. you might have like a whip smart elementary schooler that, that knows like neuroscience terms, which is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I would probably think that like sixth grade and up is where you're going to start seeing like the comprehension level, like the reading level required for some of our mm-hmm. texts. They're not super complex, but we do send some pretty sciencey ones every once in a while. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay. Awesome. Yeah. And it's, this is just such a a fantastic thing, you know, all the time, but I have to say right now in our country where we are, um, we are so lacking the professional resources. Um, there are so many families that are sitting on wait lists waiting for, for therapy. And again, not a substitution, but something more, right. That they can be doing in the midst of all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. While you wait, while you wait. So Johnny, you are clearly a very busy person. Um, You're working really hard to help others feel better. So our golden question, how are you taking good care of yourself? That I wish somebody asked me that every 
30 seconds, mm. like for the rest of my life. Cause I, I slack mm. on that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have been taking some measures recently. So I, I started, um, I was actually out of therapy for a while and then I started back. Uh, so my, it's not really a story worth telling, but, um, <laughs> sometimes you have a therapist and it's going really well. And then that therapist moves or changes mm-hmm. agencies mm-hmm. or, you know, um, in my case, my therapist adopted a daughter mm-hmm. and had to cut his availability. And so he couldn't keep all of his clients. And I was like, yeah, no worries. And then I was out of therapy for like over a year. Mm-hmm. And it, that these little circumstantial things can kind of just make you think like, oh, maybe I don't need therapy anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent a year outside of therapy and I just started back. I found someone great. And um the homework that I was assigned was to spend at least one three hour period per week by myself, not working. Mm -hmm. And it had to be a three hour period. It's not like an hour on Monday, an hour on Wednesday, hour on Friday, Mm -hmm. like one chunk of three hours where I'm not being productive (laughs) because Mm. when you (laughs) were anyone who runs a business or company understands like you're, you're almost on the clock 24 seven, right. um, especially when it's technology, like we serve people around the clock. So um, I have a habit of overextending myself. And I've found that that has made a huge impact, like beyond working out and beyond trying to get a good amount of sleep is like setting aside Johnny time. Mm-hmm. It is three hours that I can spend however I want. And I'm telling I'm 29 years old. I haven't taken a nap in like a decade. And <laughs> I just started trying to take at least a couple naps a month. Mm, so like yeah. a Sunday afternoon after church, I'm like, okay, this is my Johnny time. How do I want to spend it? And I'm like, honestly, I might just lay here for like 45 minutes and accomplish nothing. Mm. And it's, it's felt really freeing to know that the world doesn't crumble just because mm-hmm. I make myself unavailable, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like it also gives you time to find those things that might make you happy, right? Like, I guess for me, downtime is going out for a walk with my dogs or going out in the yard and doing some things just because I like to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Knitting, you know, I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to do these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think awesome. One of the biggest self-care things that I do that would probably not look like self-care to other people is I try to go to car shows mm-hmm. as often as possible. They're, they do like cars and coffee and they'll bring out all of these like Lamborghinis and Ferraris and McLarens. Mm-hmm. And I just like go and stare at these cars <laughs> and I marvel <laughs> at the care and precision with which these cars were crafted. Mm-hmm. And I love art. I'm like a big, you know, I, I love all forms of art and going to a car show is like going to a great big museum right? where yeah. you get to stare at these sculptures that, you know, took like teams of the, the most talented engineers in the world and spent millions of dollars in research and development to create like the most beautiful sculptures known to man. And then I can just like drive to go look at them for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it, it, it is the thing that is most different from my work. Like there is nothing more different from running a software company than 
staring at architecture in mm. person in real life. It's like, I, I don't know. It just feels so frivolous and cool. It's not saving anybody's life. <laughs> it's not like making the world a better place. It's just something that is fun just for the sake of fun. And it's really life-giving for me. And it mm. fills your cup. And it's why we ask this question to every guest, because I think many of us would like to be asked that question. Part of why we ask the question is we ask it to each other all the time because we mm-hmm. don't take the time to do it mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. often as we should. And I think the idea that people get ideas from from um, different guests, I love that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So before we bring this episode to a close today, uh, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would like to put out there to the world? Yeah. One thing I think also, if there are parents listening, I would want to say this, a common misconception around mental health resources is that um, they're only for people living with diagnoses. Mm. And that's kind of like saying, I only need to buy my kid a toothbrush if he has cavities mm-hmm. like it that that's not really logical right you would actually want your kid to use a toothbrush so that they don't get cavities mm-hmm. and that's the way i encourage all parents listening to think about providing behavioral health resources for their family is not this is not a reactionary thing i'm not saying if your son is self-harming then you should you know promote healthy mental practices in your home. I'm saying you should be doing that regardless of what your Mm. family's behavior is like, because everyone in your family has a brain. And if you are really taking on that role of like wanting to set a good example for your kids, you will take care of your brain. And if you want to take on the role of being a protector and a provider, and it doesn't have to be Coke notes. I'm not saying like, you know, if you want to be a good parent, give them Coke notes. I'm saying if you want to be a good parent, prioritize mental health, regardless of the way that your family is feeling and behaving, because Mm -hmm. there is no perfect family and attempting to be one might be a misuse of your time when compared with trying to equip your family with the types of skills and tools and resources they would need when the going gets tough because it likely will. That is a great message. Thank you. And, you know, hundred percent, we, uh, we all have mental health, um, just like our physical health. So, so Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out to talk with us and all the work that you're doing. And it is definitely making the world a better place. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you. I just also want to say last thing, if you're someone who has spent a half hour listening to this podcast, it also says a lot about you as a person. Mm -hmm. So just like congratulations and thank you for caring so much about conversations like this. Like you are the reason why 10 years from now the world will look different. It's because people like you actually care. Yes. And we thank our listeners and just to circle back, this is an awesome tool for one's toolbox because we all have mental health, as Serena said, um, and we all need a toolbox for mental health, right? So, so podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe, and please share with others. You will find lots more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. 
You'll also find us on all the socials, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, and you can connect with us there as well. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you're also taking care of your people. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.